Coming up, I got Jacob Bly here. We're going to be talking Game 5 NBA Finals. The Golden State Warriors did what they had to do. They just dominated, and we want to, we're going to recap it. Um, this is going to be a good one. Um, I hope you enjoy. And before that, here's some funky tunes from one of our friends. We're taping this. It is uh, Monday night. Um, what time is it? About 1042. 1042 uh, PST. I think it's PST. <laughs> Arizona time, whatever. Um, um, who knows? Who knows? It's confusing when you're an Arizonan. But uh, the Golden State Warriors lock up and just tear the hearts out of a lot of people out there, including us. Um, you know, who've kind of been rooting for the Boston Celtics to, you know, give the Warriors a good fight. Um, this was a weird game um, in terms of uh, looking at the stat lines and looking at Steph Curry having an O for or an O for, as they say in baseball, uh, where he didn't hit one three pointer. hadn't happened since a game in 2018, and despite that, the 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 Warriors just had the control of the game, and um, it wasn't close at the end. Um, it's, you know, the, we're kind of expect the home team to win, um, their games in playoffs, especially when they're good teams, but just that stat line and just how Boston kind of looked these past couple games, um, is not very encouraging from that. And, uh, what do you, what do you see from any hope from the Boston side of things? I... I still see this going seven games, but it does look like Boston doesn't have that energy level that they need. Guys like Gary Payton the second, Draymond Green brought it on the defensive end. Draymond especially brought it in terms of, you know, macho macho man to Jason Tatum on on a number of occasions it kind of all blew up when he didn't even get a technical foul. It was kind of weird really? where where he was – I felt like he was challenging Tatum's manhood. You know, he was following him around after after a timeout got called. It was like the weirdest thing. Right. I, I So, like, with that is, like, the, the player – like, the ref should have the ball at that situation already. Uh-huh. Uh, but then there's, like, always when these dead ball plays ha- – like – when the whistle's blown, it's always this thing of like who gets the ball, right? Taking the ball out of somebody's hands like is like a disrespectful thing or whatever. Um, so it's like they wanted to like just kind of t- Draymond want to take it from him, you know? Um, and it was weird, right? Like he it was a Draymond thing, but like it just it just that that thing that whole interaction lasted like what five ten seconds as Tatum's like walking all the way around the perimeter of the court going into the Boston like huddle with all these players around them. It was just really bizarre to see. Yeah, no. And, and he got in Tatum's face and it was, it was really interesting 
um, we were watching the game, the two of us over at our friend Sam's, and there were all of us honestly saying we, we were kind of shocked with the calm, mature way that Tatum reacted because I think in any situation when you're a high-level athlete, when there's that much stuff going on and it's on the biggest stage, it you wouldn't be shocked if he, if you hit him in the face or, or something, you know, like, but I, I felt like Tatum had the, the emotional maturity to be able to understand that Jason, or that, that, that Draymond Green's just a goon and he, <laughs> he doesn't provide anything in terms of, of anything of value in terms of being on the court. So you might as well just let him keep being on the court. Shots fired. Um, defensively, uh, Dr- Draymond Green's been great this series. He he can't figure out how to stay on the court. He's the new Jaron Jackson Jr. And offensively, it's it's been really bad. I mean, our our guy Bob Volgaris uh, talks about how Looney and Draymond Green when they're out there together, it's the the floor spacing is just horrendous and. With Draymond Green, the way he's playing offensively, there's a reason why they sh- they shuffled the the starting lineup to to include Otto Porter instead of Kev- uh, Kevon Looney, because when you have Green and Looney out there together, it just seems like there's n- there's no ability to to provide Steph and Clay and Wiggins with any sort of ability to get to the hoop, and so. That's something we saw in this game, especially. I felt like Golden State wanted wanted to get to the rim. Uh, Steph Curry, he wasn't hitting his shots uh, from deep, but his his field goal percentage from two was pretty high, and he was finishing at the rack like he he typically does. Yeah, he's a good finisher. I I I think that. There's something going on with Jason Tatum more than what Boston would tell us because the way he's been playing has been kind of off. Yeah, the early sub out in the first quarter. That was the weirdest part. Like, yeah. I wonder I wonder if there's something going on. I know they don't do the daily testing anymore. Hint, hint. You uh, might be getting what I'm, uh-huh. what I'm putting down. <laughs> yeah, the old son's excuse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the old cough cough at a post game press conference game seven, huh? Uh huh. Yeah. Um, no, but it just seemed really weird because he played the first quarter, the entire first quarter, in I believe almost all the games up until this point, and he got subbed out at the five minute mark. That's really weird. Um, he didn't have the best game. Jalen Brown didn't have the best game, and when Wiggins and Thompson and Kitty Poole. Uh, Kitty Poole dropped a dropped a a, a half court shot and dropped end. another half court shot. So yeah, he's shooting from the deep end. I think the Golden State Warriors are looking really good. I would be really comfortable if I was a Golden State Warriors fan, and it could all end in six games. But I I, I do think that Boston will come come with a vengeance because. This is the first time that they've they've lost back to back games in this playoffs. Right. That's a big deal. It it is a big deal. That was one of the 
you know, great facts about them and their really awesome run they've had this year. Um, yeah, it, it's not trending well for them. Unfortunately, um, you hit on a lot of good points. Like Tatum just doesn't look like the same player, um, that we saw in those previous three series. And, um, you know, you got to give some credit to defenders like Andrew Wiggins, who's, uh, played great. Absolutely great. Um, you know, I, I often like, uh, it seems like a little jabs at us as you guys, when I was like, who's better Wiggins or McHale. And like, you know, we're all kind of liking what we see from Wiggins, uh, on this stage. Um, he's a good player. Um, so he, you gotta give him some credit for Tatum struggles, but, um, he's not looking the same. Um, just the team collectively today just looked a little scared or off. Um, and just didn't like, didn't like that. And, um, maybe Gary Payton, the second it's like, we knew that he was a key player for them, but like, it seems like it's added a lot of like speed and, and strength on the defensive end and, uh, just causing more like, uh, you know, disruption and, uh, kind of like the Draymond thing, but, um, just maybe a little bit more, uh, on, on ball. And, um, he's, he seems like a great, a great weapon for them when, you know, they have a lot of players that are not, um, really good defensive players. So I think he's a nice way to balance them out. I don't even know how many minutes he played tonight, but it seemed like he played like 15 to 18. Uh, yeah, no, he, he had a good night and it. It's kind of interesting. I mean, you, you brought up Wiggins is on Tatum and, uh, Tatum, he plays a lot of wings and, and he bullies them. I mean, that's, that's typically what he can do. He can back you down and then hit the fadeaway shot and him, him being Wiggins being on Tatum and Draymond being on Jalen Brown has really made it tough on the two best players for Boston. And somebody like Marcus Smart, I don't feel like he's attacking enough. And when he does attack, I don't feel like he's attacking the right person. A person that I would attack in, in a lot of situations would be a Clay Thompson. Great story coming back from multiple um, leg injuries that are that are you know really tough Achilles and an ACL and his gallop is better than ever. And yeah, <laughs> but you know, that's a person to attack. Jordan Poole's a person to attack, you know, Gary Payton, the second is not even Steph Curry. Like I know that like he had that weird ankle thing game four or, or maybe it was game three. It was game three, but like, I don't feel like Steph Curry's a guy you want to attack. I but I but I do think Clay Thompson and and Jordan Poole are guys that are attackable and I I think somebody like Marcus Smart, Derek White and maybe a little bit of Grant Williams need to go out and attack. But I don't feel like anybody played with with confidence. I don't feel like anybody played with energy. And and I'm talking and I'm including guys like Marcus Smart who have all the energy in the world, and you know Grant Williams. Grant Williams is always like causing mischief, but like in a in a good way for his team. But I don't feel like he did that tonight. And I and I think we're looking at a team that will have their backs against a wall, literally and figuratively, and. I do think that they're going to play a lot better game six. I I do think Tatum and Brown need to play a lot better, but guys that definitely need to play better would be 
Robert Williams, Al Horford, Marcus Smart, Derek White. Yeah, uh, they need a. I mean, honestly, everybody outside of the third quarter, it was a bad game. I mean, they the the Celtics they had a great run, but other than that, they lost by twelve basically the entire game outside of the third quarter, and that's not good. First half they lost by twelve. They tied it up. Um, Jordan Poole actually hit that shot at the end of the third. Yes, to I think give them to give the Dubs a one point lead, and then they lost by twelve. Like that. They they lost the entire game by twelve basically, and that just tells that just tells me that outside of a, a of a small glimpse, they just showed that they that they didn't really care that they weren't in tune with what they needed to do for this specific game. Yeah, I, you know, at some point during the game, I I mentioned that I, I asked the rhetorical question: uh, the Golden State Warriors like the New York Yankees, are they similar? Uh, you look at their big luxury tax uh, team, the, the most expensive team in NBA history. Um, they're, they're assembled in a way that is very hard to uh, replicate across every team in the league uh, to foot that bill. They're, you know, they have, they have experience. They have athleticism with players like Wiggins. Um, you know, they have the hall of famer, the best top near top five, top five player in Steph Curry. Um, he's probably top five, honestly, with how he's playing. Um, they're just, they're showing why um, they probably should have been, well, they were the favorites. So they're showing why they're the favorites in this finals. And um, yeah, Boston, you know, I, I, I almost feel like changing the tune and saying, it's like, you know, these are the Yankees and like, these are, this is a, a team to be reckoned with. Um, and it's scary that they have some young players that aren't even touching the court that will affect how how long this team could still be good for. Um, so it's, you know, bringing up the Yankees is like, you know, they're kind of like the team that has had this, this crazy success, this dynasty. And I'm sure they've gained a lot of, uh, you know, haters or fans wishing that they would finally, you know, have more L's than uh, championships, um, you know, that happened in the Raptors uh, series. But, you know, you had that, you know, weird injury. You know, you had the injuries of Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant. You know, that now this time around they're healthy, um, no Kevin Durant, and still, um, you know, they're taking out a Boston team that's, like, up and coming and, and good. Um, you know, we've talked about maybe the NBA being at the down year or down something with – I don't know, COVID and stuff like that. But like, um, man, like I hate to count Boston out, but like that, that, Oh, <laughs> you know, Curry not making a three and them winning by uh double digits. It's like, Ooh, that has to, that's has to be like a little bit of a, like a big demoralizing loss. Um, even though it's on the road. Um, so the work's cut out for Boston. Um, it's, and, th- and that's why I was saying it, it could even be a six game series yeah. because the way that they're playing. And I, I, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not going to speculate anything, but it, the, the things that like really felt really weird was the Tatum in the first quarter, taking the breather at the five minute mark, um, not feeling like there was a whole lot of energy outside of maybe Jalen Brown. 
um, Robert Williams felt like he was actually hurt. Whereas the last, you know, this, the entire series up to this point, it felt like Robert Williams was that type of difference maker. And maybe he got hurt when he did the chase down block on Draymond, but it did, it did seem like Robert Williams was off for almost the entire game. I, I don't know what it was, but I'm not getting I, these big games from like Al Horford or Derek white. Um, I mean, if they get a big game from Derek white, they, they can win. They can win a game. If they get a big game from Al Horford. They can win a game. It, it was like earlier in the series. Remember when smart Horford and Robert Williams combined for six points in their game two loss. And yeah. It was like, yeah, they're going to lose like that. Like Brown and Tatum, you know, combined for I think it was eighteen and twenty-seven. So, you know, do the quick math. That's forty-five, and that's not good enough. I gotta, I gotta see a lot more from those two, and and I need to see a folk hero in each game. You know, uh-huh, if uh-huh. if Boston has a chance, this game it was a big Andrew Wiggins game. Yes. Um, Clay Thompson had some, some buckets. Jordan Poole had some buckets. GP two hit a three. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, when, I mean, Sam, Sam made the, the comment like, Oh, if GP two is in the three, you know, the, the golden state warriors are going to win. Yeah. They the, like Derek white needs to do something. Peyton Pritchard looked bad. I don't even remember seeing him to be honest. He, pl- he played the first in, in, in the first half and it was bad. Oh, wow. They didn't trot him back out. Wow. Wow. That's not good. No. Because like, th- this was a game where they struggled to score. And if they couldn't get a guy in there. to That's, that, that's a useful. much better offensive player than yeah. a defense. And that, that's not good. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they're Boston's having their having some issues right now. Um, poor Bill. Bill Simmons is just, you know, hopefully he didn't go courtside on this one. This is. you'd be uh hair would be completely gray no no touch of uh no touch of gray it would be uh you know what koc would be doing magamata killian hayes (laughs) after a game like that oh Oh, yeah koc a big uh boston guy too oh he is i know he's like the understudy yeah he's a bill 2.0 honestly all those guys that we we pay attention to they're they're big celtics fans yeah rosillo even is too yeah those are yeah so i think i think that might be why we have that boston edge even though you know i don't uh see eye to eye with uh with the pod podfather all the time. Uh-huh. The but Boston edge, you mean like why we I I, why? I it's because of the book stuff. And you know that. Yeah, yeah. Bill Bill's very critical of uh He, he of, was of, of of early early career Devin Kind kind of still is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He liked how he played in the Olympics. That's a big big thing in Bill's book. Yeah. It helped that Tatum was so bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, I guess Devin Booker might be the you know second or third best player on that Olympic team. Uh-huh, Maybe I got to uh-huh. give him his roses. Right, right. Yeah. Um, hope for a good game. Game six. No game six clays would. There's a game six clay. Oof, I think if there's a game six clay, we we will be podcasting about summer league. About summer league. <laughs> And and about the destruction of another uh, young team in games in, in six games uh, 
in the NBA Finals uh, back-to-back years. Mm-hmm. Oh, did, yeah. I, did I just cell phone myself? I don't know. <laughs> cell phone? I haven't heard that term. Is that a call-out? Is that what that means? I don't know. I just burned myself. <laughs> well, I was talking about the Suns last year games in six games. A, a young core. Are you young, uh, or is Chris Paul's age average you guys out to a average to age to, team? to a to a healthy twenty six or twenty seven? Yeah, yeah. And you got oldies He's so like Javale. Old. Oh and, my gosh, uh, Biombo. But I get you, Javale McGee. <laughs> hey, might be starting center next year. He could be. He could especially be. if we go get OG or. We get Jeremy, Jeremy Grant. Grant. Yeah. I don't know what else is out there. For like, center or for over oh, player? Yeah, I for- mean, I mean, there's always talk about like Miles Turner for the Pacers, Jakob Podol from the Spurs. Uh-huh. I mean, I I'm not a big fan of any of those guys. So I guess if we go get somebody like OG would be really cool. Um, Grant would be really cool. And then let's let's go sign GP two to the mid level and uh, and just play him at center. Uh, <laughs> play the death lineup. Keep wishing, keep wishing, dude. He's not leaving Golden State. He is. He's a. He's the true folk hero over there. Oh yeah, man. Man plays amazing defense. His value alone, even in those eighteen minutes, like let's say he only plays eighteen minutes in his entire career, like as an average, like the way he plays. That is the most valuable 18-minute guy a night that you could ever have because he just plays amazing defense. He, it, It's Athletic. not like the ball sticks to him. You know, like when Javon last year ha- like got the ball, it felt like it stuck to him. I see. GP2 likes to just get it out, and he'll take an occasional three. Or he'll he'll you know do a runner or something, but or or an easy layup, but he's not out there actively looking for his own shot. So he he's somebody that you know, it, especially a pass out of a double team, he's a perfect guy for that. And we're seeing that a lot with Steph. Steph's getting double teamed off of off of the screen because you don't want Steph to have that open three, and the the. Boston bigs have really struggled with being able to step out on shooters. They've struggled at times with Jordan Poole. Um, they've definitely struggled with Clay Thompson for the majority of the series. And outside of literally tonight, Steph Curry has been a problem. Right. So right. somebody like that is so good to just be able to pass out and then get to either get the ball back to Steph or Clay or, be able to just get that ball into Andrew Wiggins on a drive. And it's just super easy. Right. It seems like he just has that basketball IQ or maybe they just practice it. Like, I don't know. It's hard to believe that he's a guy that couldn't find a home um, with how he's playing on a team. Um, Of this, of this magnitude and this level. I mean, they're a championship level team. That's one game away from winning a championship. Yeah. And, and and he's been on how many teams? Right, and I love like, how many G League teams. Like exactly. he has been. They showed everywhere. his jersey list, right? It was like ten different jerseys tonight on on ABC and in like uh, five years. Yeah, yeah. I I and another thing, it's probably um, inferred when you watch him, but like his athleticism, like you know, if you're a player that can't really, maybe you're not 
offensively skilled um, and you're not creating your own shot, like if you have athleticism on your side, like this is ability to like maybe do a backdoor cut and, you know, be able to sky up there for the layup or dunk um, just getting rebounds and things like that. Like it just makes a player like that just, you know, ever more so dangerous. Right. And yeah, I think he's, they got him on a killer deal um, to fit in with this luxury tax team. And, you know, he is a restricted free agent, but you know, Golden State will find like, you know, of course he has, they have their bird, his bird rights. So they, they could keep him for whatever uh, they want to pay and add to their, uh, their tax. Um, and you told me that they weren't even paying luxury tax with Clay's injury. Well, they right? weren't, they weren't until this year, until this year, because they kept uh, applying for the injury designation. So, they they were able to not necessarily have to pay the extreme tax, the repeater tax, the repeater tax. Yeah, uh, and the and you know we talk about like how did how did Golden State even build this? Like because you said oh they no other team has able been been able to do something like this. This is not a repeatable thing. They got so lucky that Steph Curry yeah his had had the ankle surgery the ankle surgery that and ankle problems that made it so that uh MVP level player got to sign a super, super team friendly long-term max extension. And when, okay, your best player is making a lot less. So your second and third best players got to make a lot less. So clay and Draymond weren't making crazy money and they were able to sign him that one summer where they had enough ta- like cap room to sign Kevin Durant. Yeah, they signed, they tried, they signed Curry and Durant at the same time, but they had the they signed they signed Durant first. Yep. So that they could sign Curry right after. And they traded Harry Barnes out. Yep. Um, that off season. And and then they were able to trade after KD. Kevin. Uh, yeah, they, they signed tra- a trade for to get D'Angelo Russell, and then they traded D'Angelo Russell to get Andrew Wiggins, and, and they got like, a first. And they got a first or two. I don't know. How. They they got Wiseman. They got Moody. They've got Kuminga and all these young guys that, I mean, we I don't really know a whole lot about Moody, but he is a lottery pick. And Kuminga look has looked nice. Wiseman's a literally former number one overall pick. So that team is just, it's scary. It's it is scary. It is scary. They fleeced. The league, it seems like, um, or these special conditions worked out in their favor. Um, they they have an eye for talent. They've done well. They, you know, they loved their home. They loved you know homegrown talent team. You know, they're and they're always. I've always hear they're like, you know, there should be some exceptions to the some of the rules on the cap and things like or for homegrown. Yeah, homegrown yeah. players, right? Uh, I don't know what. Is that they're talking trying to bring that up because of the next CBA, right? And what is the exact thing to like retain homegrown players? Like they, so you do get bird rights because of because of the homegrown, um, and you get restricted free agency, and you get restricted. But there was then, something else we were we were talking about. Now I don't remember, but well, I mean, in terms of homegrown, it's guys that you draft and and you keep and and you you bring through the the league. I mean, but it's. It's interesting what some of those teams are trying to do, like the Bucks. You know, they got Middleton and and Giannis. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of teams that that build through the 
it's it's a lot easier to build through the draft than it is via trade or free agency because there's so many factors that go into free agency and trades and you know you also especially in trades you have to give up something so teams like Golden State Milwaukee for the most part like those are those are interesting teams because they they brought they they, they did it themselves right right um i mean the the bucks had to get drew holiday but they paid a premium i mean they they traded bledsoe and picks on picks on picks to get them like pick swaps and first rounders and i mean the pelicans are looking real nice because they they got all those picks and pick swaps from la you got the war chest. and they and they got it from and they got ingram yeah oh my gosh uh-huh but yeah Pel- Pelican, the, pelican's gonna be a problem yeah they'll probably Oof. be a, they'll probably be a pot on the pelicans um at some point next year or two you know where it won't be just grand theft alvarado that's the <laughs> you know the talk of the town it'll be whoa like this team is really good from you know both ends and is young and hungry absolutely um, but yeah golden state to be it back to that point they love to brag that they're homegrown they're you know that kd's out of there we we we, we forgot all about the two out of their three championships are uh kevin duran mvp finals right. fire finals mvp so like those weren't real uh, rings either according to, to his twitter replies yeah just like <laughs> Lamicky. yeah right right so hey i mean there's some truth to what they say. I will give them that. They they drafted well. They uh, they scouted well. Um, they made some good uh, acquisitions. Um, and they're they're back and they're they're healthy and uh, they have a good chance of getting this getting this ring. Um, you know we're a little bummed because we're you know our teams are conference foes and you know we really thought. Uh, this they this wouldn't be the year of the Warriors, um, but it might be. It looking like it. Um, you know, we hope to get get another fight with them at some point to, you know, put them to rest. But hey, got to give them a little bit of credit. Um, they're they're definitely the gold standard. Um, they've been the gold standard out west for quite some time. You know, they had some weird some weird injury years. Uh, but you know they're showing what they they're got. Back. Yeah, they are back. As the Wiggins, or we're here. We're here. We're here. <laughs> yep. But yeah, it's. Um, do you have any other finals? Uh, fun things to talk about or. Next pod we'll we'll be discussing who won. Yeah, I, I think that'll be what we what we go through, and then, dude, I'm so excited for summer league. Dude, I, I same here. It's one of my favorite things um beginning in july it'll be it'll be a lot of fun yeah in, in a fun city oh yes sin city sin city las vegas it's uh, we'll be toasty but we'll be indoors and just watching a lot of basketball and personally i don't do a lot of draft uh, or college basketball watching or g league at night watching um so i like i get to just get flooded with all these new names and things and i just ask a lot of questions to the people that have actually watch the player so it's like to me it's like a big it's almost like a christmas like i'm just you know i'm unpacking all these like new players and play styles and things and it's it's really fun 
Um, Absolutely. I think this is my first year that you you won't really be able to ask me questions. This is the first year where I don't know oh. all the college basketball players. I know I know the top four or five names. Yeah. But after that, I don't know anything. I think I I think I need to start researching. That's I think that's the next big thing because uh, I yeah I feel like I don't know any of these guys. I'm gonna need you to because uh, <laughs> who am I gonna ask my questions to? Absolutely. Uh, I know Sam well, will probably well, well, have well, like the top ten down maybe. But. Well, we'll talk to those those random Aussies that we we I feel like we always talk to the most random but cool people at summer league. Did we talk to some Aussies? Oh, we, we talked did. to yeah. Was that the Ben Simmons year? Or no, it was the year after the 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 Olympics that we were excited for the the uh, Boomers. Yeah, yeah, that was. They're from uh, from Sydney or, or I. It was either Sydney or Perth, one of those two uh, cities. Wow, wow. But you know, we'll we'll make sure we're not gonna talk poorly about players in front of their parents. <laughs> You know, yeah, we've uh, we learned that mistake, <laughs> learned that lesson the hard way. Um, if it's your, if you're at a game and it's possibly the first game of the player's pro career, and ma- and maybe you're sitting in the t- in the front three to five rows, yeah, maybe it's not a good idea to talk about how bad a player is. Yes, you know, and don't do that. You know, you never know. This player could be in a. A Donovan Mitchell trade, you know, like, <laughs> you could end up being on your favorite team. You never know. So, um, be polite. Um, actually, you know, be polite. It's like, it's a smaller environment than your normal stadium fans. You know, seems like fans have been a little bit out of line for quite some time, uh, especially after the pandemic and, uh, you know, it's a, it's a good environment, but you know, you got to, you know, make sure you know where you're at and you know, it's a lot, it's a family thing. It's, I wouldn't say as, as family as like all-star weekend. I, I've come to the conclusion that all-star weekend is like really the family place for like pro players. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like summer league is kind of close to that too. Um, but for the young guys, the young ones. Yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, but we're excited. Uh, we'll be there for the first, um, uh, like Thursday, Friday, and maybe Saturday, uh, in terms for some, in terms of the summer league days. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's going to be a good one. Perfect. Yeah. Well, um, if you made it this far, thanks for thanks for listening. You can uh, find us at All NBA Hoops on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me at, at ChrisNBA on Twitter. You can find Jacob at, at JWillNBA on Twitter. Um, but, yeah, uh, if you liked it.